Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. This week, our attention again turns to the reaction and the response of Jesus' followers to the resurrection. It's here that we encounter a story of faith and doubt. As you listen, reflect how you determine the plausibility of the fantastic for yourself, be it the resurrection or climate change. What litmus test do you employ to become a believer? Here's what scripture relates to us from John 20, 19 to 31. Jesus appears to the disciples. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he stood among them and showed him his, his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Jesus and Thomas. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and then put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The purpose of this book. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that the, through believing, you may have life in his name. Spring offers us a really interesting and intimate experience with something called paradox. We have colorful new growth that emerges to aspire us, seeming to flourish only in the conditions that we start to begrudge. If you're anything like me, you may want to hold on to the 80 and below degree temperatures. The later sun rises and even perhaps the warmer clothing or the layers of clothing that we get to wear. 
And yet, here I am, extremely excited for the blossoms of all of the Palo Verdes, to see the cacti bloom, the colors of the sunrise that are so much deeper in the morning, and what a joy it is to embrace the many sounds of the white-winged doves, northern mockingbirds, and of course, our famed pigeons. All of these are back and now waking us up just a little bit earlier than just a month ago. All of this change of the season has many of us at this time of the year wondering, why is it that we are still here in Arizona? Or maybe even doubting, well, at this post-Easter, now what? So many of us doubt the news of a risen Jesus and the news of a declining earth, what that really, really means. And while this sermon isn't specifically focused with a deep theological reflection on Mother Earth and our roles and our stewardship to Mother Earth, I hope that you can take the concepts that I introduce so you know how to care for yourself and for those around you. The book of John, where our verse came from today, seems fitting for a time and place that we find ourselves in at this very moment. It is what a literary critic would call a full sensory gospel. Sometimes it's the tasting in John 6. Sometimes it's the smelling without allergies in John 11. And sometimes it's the hearing in John 10. We have the touching in John 13, and we have the seeing. After all, isn't this what it means for us to be human? For us to experience the relationship of human beings while living here on planet Earth. For it is this full, intimate, and complex, meaningful relationship that encompasses the entirety of who we are and what it means to be living amongst other creatures, living in and on a planet where so many of us still doubt that change is happening. If you think about it, God actually wants nothing less than this kind of relationship with us, an intimate, complex existence filled with contradictions and paradox. This week's passage is exactly that, complex in the understanding and filled with the contradictions in the traditional ways that we have heard or even interpreted it. Jesus appears to his disciples in a body that is resurrected, but still wounded. And in my post-seminary and theological-based community organizing, I've come to understand that so many of us who call ourselves Christians put a lot of stock in victory. In Christian America, which we have found ourselves in since colonizing Turtle Island, we value the race won, the mountain scaled, the enemy defeated, and the obstacle overcome. And while we may actually welcome some stories of failure to an extent, those would be the ones in my experience that are related to the belief of a Protestant theology, one where it is known as a bootstrap mentality. Or perhaps we tend to welcome the stories of failure long after they've occurred. But what about those challenges that don't ease up? What about the wound, the physical wound, the psychological wound, or the relational wounds that still remain? Why is it that we squirm, that we become numb or turn our eyes away? And why is it that we worry? And sometimes in that worry or that doubt, 
we blame others. To be fair, this isn't all our fault. It really is the methods that we have used in our own lives, whether that be our personal lives or our Christian lives, that we use to accept our doubts. It's just easier and it's safer than going deeper. deeper. We live in a culture that worships artifice. All around us, whether it's in social media or our resumes, or even the way we say hello and goodbye in this sacred place. We tend to package ourselves, market ourselves, and even imagine ourselves into versions of perfection that ultimately choke who we truly, really are. And we can see this in the rising statistics of depression, anxiety, rates of incarceration, suicide, and even in today's news, we have a 50% rise of addictions to drugs. Drugs that are created by pharmaceutical companies that care about the artifice of money that comes with capitalism and escapism. But if Jesus, even at the apex of this resurrection victory, sported his open wounds without shame or apology, then perhaps maybe we have it all wrong. Maybe we don't need to worry so much about our presentations or our successes that are often defined by things that are beyond our control, whether that be capitalism, whether that be safety, or whether that be the way that we define freedom. Maybe Christianity's best appeal is indeed its real possibility and willingness to embrace real bodies, real scars, real pain, real questions, and yes, even real doubt. Many of you may not know this, but my member and discernment journey that began well before 2020, but officially in 2020, has shifted in so many unexpected ways. I've become more aware of what it means for a people and a world to live with unexplored and unhealed past and current trauma. And it's with this curiosity that I have discovered that it is indeed our bodies that we experience deep trauma, deep anger, deep terror, and deep joy. It's around my temples and my limbs that hurts when I mourn or I feel helpless. It's my face that burns and my jaw that clenches when I'm angry. And it's my whole body that warms with pleasure and the tingling in my hands and arms when I'm happy, hopeful, or ecstatic. And while this journey of exploring and the embodiment of spirituality, I've come to understand something, that while embodiment practices may be new to the Western culture or even to our white culture, it isn't new to indigenous black and brown cultures. In fact, it's not even new to Christianity. Let me clarify. For it was in Jesus's resurrection that he honored the body. And it was in his ministry and interactions and building of relationships that he honored the bruised, the broken, the wounded, and the disabled body. He honored the real-life bodies in which we all live. What strikes me most about Thomas's story is not that he doubted, it's that he did so publicly, without shame, without guilt, and more importantly, that his faith community allowed him to do so. And what I really love is Jesus' response. 
And as with most of the responses and relationships Jesus builds, it is that he met Thomas exactly where Thomas was, freely offering the disciples the testimony of his own wounds, of his own pain. After such an encounter, I can only imagine the tenderness and the urgency with which Thomas was able to repeat the risen Jesus' words to the other doubters. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Isn't this really all of us? On this Sunday after Easter, don't we still wrestle with hidden doubts and hidden fears? Don't we all still wonder sometimes what it might look like if someone met us where we were? Or what it would look like if we were to meet someone who believes and acts very differently than us where they are? If nothing else, Thomas reassures us that our faith or what is happening in and through Christianity in the 21st century doesn't have to be so straightforward. Perhaps we can actually examine that we didn't get it right this whole time. In the business of an accepting a resurrection this post-Easter, of living it out, of sharing it with the world, while tough, can mean something new for us right here and right now. What could it look like if we believed those who said that they're spiritual and not Christian while supporting them to, uh, in their journey of doubting to mature through the journey where even to, we might too waver? More importantly, what would acceptance look like if we just slowed down, took time to discover who it is that we really are, to discover what it is that we really believe in and value to see how deeply tied we are to Mother Earth and to break away from the artifice created by the American dream. Wounds and doubts, doubts and wounds. The encounter between them is what life looks like after the tomb. When Thomas's doubts met Jesus's wounds, new life erupted, faith blossomed, and a community grew. Resurrection indeed happened all over again. During this week after, may that be true for all of us. Whether we are meeting another wounds or our own, whether we are finally able to embrace the urgency to protect as much as we can of changing Mother Earth, may we allow ourselves to be erupted, blossomed, and grown anew, doubts and all. For the upcoming week, many of you know I love to ask questions for us to think, to ponder, to work through. And I hope that you join me in asking yourself the following questions in which to deepen your curiosity, to deepen your understanding of what it means to be in relationship with all and to all living creatures. Think of the people here in your faith community. Who can you go to when you have a critical question about the Bible? or about church. Now think about the people in your general community. Would you still go to that same person when the sphere of possible thought partners is widened? There's great wisdom in the community of faith. One thing that churches struggle with is indeed the questioning and the doubting. Anecdotally, one of the most consistent reasons why people do not attend church anymore 
It's because they had questions that either the pastor couldn't or wouldn't answer. What was Thomas fully expecting when he did encounter Jesus that day? Did we see Jesus shun Thomas for his questioning or his doubting? What we did see and what we do see here is yet another text where we are witness to Jesus who is compassionate, perhaps even more than any other human might be, and he was patient. He speaks directly to Thomas saying, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Put your fingers here in my hand and reach out and put your hand in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Whether or not Thomas digs into Jesus' flesh is insignificant. What is most important is that Jesus knows that Thomas is the one who needed proof. And even in his wonder, Jesus sat with Thomas. Not every disciple nor every person that we encounter has the same need. How can we discern what is best for each of them? What would happen if there was room to ask questions of our traditions, of our text, of our doctrine, of our government, of our way of living? How is it that we can come to a life with a generous and genuine curiosity or even doubt? We here as Christians are actually in a very special time to build something anew, to behave as Jesus did with Thomas, to learn what we thought we knew, to question it, to doubt it, and to be open in what comes with just the asking of a question. And life is predictably unpredictable, yet assuredly filled with what we welcome and what we shun. And it is in the mix of these conditions and great mystery that we are made wiser. We are made more whole. We are born to who we truly really are. It is in the open road and the roadblocks, the storms and the clear skies, in the spring and in the fall, the moments that we suffer and survive, and those moments that we sparkle. Think back to the person you imagined just moments ago. Who are the people in your life who hold space for you when you have questions about life? What is it about them that makes them delightful thought partners? For this week and moving forward, I encourage you to challenge yourself to have more creative conversations with yourself, to doubt, to ask the questions, and then to engage in a conversation with someone else. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.